0: It's important for Christians because there's so many Christians um, kind of get their um, new birth certificate and then they go to sleep on God and never grow. And, and then there's other Christians that really never know where they are at in God and, and trying to figure out where they're at in God and their growth level. And so maybe, maybe by looking tonight at some qualifications and qualities and characteristics of Christian growth in the Word of God... Kinda of, kinda of measure yourself a little bit. And so we're gonna to talk to you. Let's go do a, a great growth text and that is second Peter chapter one, verses three through eleven. We're gonna to read to you. And the first part of the text says this his divine power, his being Jesus Christ. That's what it's talking about in verse one and two. His Jesus Christ, divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in this world caused by evil desires. Good scripture. For this very reason, make every effort to add, listen to this, to add to your faith. Everybody say, add to, faith. add to your faith. To add to your faith, listen to some things he wants to add. Goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brother kindly, kindness, <laughs> love. And so we're adding those to our faith. Verse verse 8, for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, love that, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if anyone does not have them, he is nearsighted and blind and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. Therefore, my brothers, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, you will never fall. And you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So you can hear from three to eight, so much growth right there. I mean, So much talking about growth and things that we can add to our Christian life for growth. And so we're going to talk about that, but I'm going to call tonight's message uh, teaching time just stages. God bless you, you may be seated. So we see here in the middle of this passage, and it talks about adding to your faith. And this quality and this uh, and, and this it says in verse eight, for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, kind of get the graphic there for this series. In increasing measure, if you can add these things to you and do so in increasing measure, which means you must be growing in these qualities. I and mean, he laid out the qualities really well. You, you should, In other words, this, you should be, if you're serving Christ, you should absolutely be growing in your life. Growing in your life. And you're growing up. You're growing into greater things. So many, many people don't understand really the essence of Christianity and it's not to make somewhat nice people nicer. Um, But to make anybody, whether they're nasty or or they're nice, it's to make them into something new. Amen? It's to bring a total change in their life And that comes through Christian growth, growing in the Lord. And so we have these kind of these scales in our mind. Uh, If I can say a scale from kind of zero to 10 in our mind, and I'm going to call this scale a decency scale. And I think just about anybody I could teach to in America would understand what I'm saying here, that we kind of judge people in America, whether they're decent or they're not decent and we kind of put them in these categories and we, whether we know it or not, we kind of put them on a scale of zero to ten. A zero is that rough, nasty, messed up kind of person and a ten is kind of that upstanding citizen. So we see this, this measure of we put this kind of this number on their head and and you do that whether you know it. It was even in the elections. We we found that some of us were, you know, uh, some groups considered us the Christians maybe to be uh, deplorable. Well, if you don't realize or not, there's a number there. There's a there's something being put on their head of what they consider this. And then the Christians put back on their, you know, it's it's a bunch of stuff. But 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 we find this scale out there, and every man, every person's kind of measuring the one, the other one based on their decency. Whether they're a nice person, if I can say it like that. And all that seems to be fine and good. And then and then and then you see all of a sudden a Christian shows up and all of a sudden we, we find that, well, even, I mean, let's put it this way, even before they're Christians, people that are even non-Christians, we find them sometimes being like seven or eight on the scale that we've got and yet they don't even have any Christian on them. They don't even have the Jesus factor in there but they're straight shooters, they're decent people, they're good people and so on our decency scale, we got them real high on the decency scale and they're not even Christians. And then we get a Christian come along. We get a Christian come along and maybe even the world looks at them and goes, on the scale, I'm gonna put them at about a a three or four. And because we're judging everything off of how decent, how nice they are, what their character is. And I'm not saying all that is bad and good, but what I'm trying to get to is this. I hear people say myths like this, and this is, this is where I'm going in this. If you're a Christian, you ought to be an eight or a nine or you shouldn't even talk about being a Christian. And that's a myth, that's a myth. And that's what the world thinks. They think that as soon as I label myself or, as a Christian or I, I'm a follower of Christ, I'm automatically an eight or nine. Are you seeing what I'm talking about? And then we kind of bring that into the church, and we're not. Our character is not. We may be full of Jesus, got all of Jesus, got born again, saved, sanctified, but, but we, we, we still got character issues. And so it really throws off our scales, and the world looks at us, and man, they, they just judge that we should all be eight or nines, and we're not. We're not. We're not. Real, Really, Christianity and the scale of our maturity, because that's really what I'm talking about. If I bring this thing over into Christianity, our, our scale of maturity is really based on this. If I could bring it all down and make it real easy, simple to communicate, it would be this. Our maturity level is based on the fact of we, if we are living on our, in our own will, or are we living in God's will? That's really, that's really, it's not based on how nice I am. It's not based on, you know, this. it's really based on if I am living in my will or I am living in his will, God's will. Now, if I'm living in God's will, he starts working on me. And that's called growth. That's called change. So I'm saying this on to our Wednesday night, in our Wednesday night Bible study that don't just come in the church and get the God card and all of a sudden think that you're instantly an eight or nine because you got Jesus at baptism. You have got to grow in God. You've got to grow in God. And I think this. I think the world demands and deserves a Christian that is growing in God. That if They know how you came in. They know where you, they've been around you before you had Jesus. But when you get Jesus, they may expect you to be an eight or nine and you're not. But you need to be in a process, or I like the word posture, of growth in your life. Can I get a witness? Amen. So... Are you going to live in your will or are you going to live in his will? And as you live in his will, there is it is absolutely going to produce growth in your life. That's why when Jesus taught us to pray, he said, you know, one of the parts of that prayer is not my will but thine be done. And if that's a staple in your life that you're praying, God, it's not about my will but it's about you. It kind of goes back to our Sunday and pour it out, pour it out. So it says in Isaiah, it says this, and this is a very familiar text. It says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us, of us all. But right in the middle of that verse, most of us, when we hear that verse, we've all heard, oh, we like sheep have gone astray. We kind of know that part. When we hear that, it's very familiar to us if you've been around very much. And then at the last part of this verse, we kind of celebrate, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And we kind of throw our hands in the air and say, thank you, Lord. But we forget this middle part. It says this, why have we gone astray? Okay? Why, why did we go astray in, in the first place? Why, did, why is there issues of a lack of maturity? Why is sin in my life? Why am I not moving up in growth? We have turned everyone to his own way. And when you are focused on your way, there is not going to be spiritual growth in your life. I would think that everyone in this room would want to grow spiritually. Can I get a witness? Everyone, I think whether you're tired on or Wednesday or, 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 you, or whatever, you're still saying, hey, I want to I grow or I wouldn't even be in this place tonight. I want to grow. I want to I grow. I want to be the best that I can be in, in the Lord. Well, you've got to turn over because the essence of sin is man trying to do everything his own way. The essence of lack of growth is trying to do it your own way. And really, we spend most of our Christian's existence, you think about it, Trying to turn it back over to God. Trying not to control it myself. We spend a lot of our existence. And due to it, uh, growth is is just a gradual thing. It's possible. It's necessary. Got to have it in your life. But it's very gradual. It's slow. I... Um, when I drive a lot around the Golden Triangle, I, I've yet to see a castle. I, I've seen some nice homes, don't get me wrong, but I'm yet to see a castle because you don't build you've got a, a castle in a night. You've you, you, you got to go to, uh, to England. Uh, you know you've you got to go over there where, you know, they, they've been building on this place for maybe maybe 50 years they worked on this, this house. Um, you know, I go down to uh, my brother, where, close to where my brother li- or in where my brother's town is, and they've got the uh, Biltmore Mansion. Man, they built on that thing for years. It's basically a castle. They built on that thing for years, but you don't see a lot of those things because we 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 don't really like. We don't like anything that takes has stages in it, that has has a length of time. We want it really quick. We want something we can get up in six months, nine months, whatever, and, and, and live in it and be done with it. But something that's going to be around for generations and for generations is a gradual thing. And growth in your life, and this is the one of the things that's kind of a, we kick back in Christianity because we, we don't like it to take a while. We want to kind of, getting Jesus on Sunday, and by Monday, I'm up somewhere around 7, but it just doesn't happen like that. It takes seasons and time, and I'm going to talk about those stages tonight uh, in depth here in our study, and, and I'm hoping in the next few weeks to be a blessing and help in some of these ways because it's gradual, and one of the reasons we are so impatient is because we refuse to recognize that there are even stages in the first place. I was, I was, and I don't discount this or not mad about it, but I was raised a lot of time thinking if I just got born again, if, 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 I, if I just got to an altar, if I could get my hands up, if I could get spirit-filled, if I could be baptized, boom. And then I went to Bible college and I was around a bunch of people that we're supposed to be there for Bible college. And a lot of them were heathens. And I realized, wait a minute, everybody in this Christianity thing is not at the same stage. And they're in a different place. But a lot of times we discount. We don't even want to recognize that they're stages. So and it, it causes us to be impatient at guys God builds the castle in our life. But if we can just wait and just understand God's building something in me, it's going to take me a while to get get there. But he is going to be, I'm going to be patient because he's working on my life. So I'm going to go to 1 John chapter 2 and uh, there is this interesting passage where twice John addresses the people he's writing to in the church. And he addresses the three uh, classifications, if I can put it that way, of people. He 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 addresses three, and he says this: the three groups he talks about. He says children, and he says some things to them. And then he says young men, and he says some things to them. And then he says fathers, and he says some things to them. So he classifies. And if you if you study uh, some some writings of some great scholars, you're going to find out that Jesus was not really just speaking. Or John here in this text is not just speaking of these uh, of just literally children um, young men and fathers but what he's talking about is classifications of people he's really talking about stages he's laying this out and so he has some things to say to each group that fits that group and that's what I'm going to kind of try to break down tonight because in growth in your growing for God the first thing you got to do is find out what stage you're at you got to find out where you're at so you can grow to the next stage and develop and become and so he says, children, young men, and fathers. And so I'm going to kind of talk about that, and, and I'm going I'm to use this uh, three levels of Christians, and I don't mean that one's this, oh, you know, okay, I'm not trying to act like there's three levels of heaven and get somewhere doctrines, okay? But what I'm trying to say is there's this newest Christian, and then there's the, the growing Christians, and then there's the more mature Christians. So the first stage I want to talk about tonight is the first stage, and that is children that we find in 1 John chapter 2. Children, new baby Christians. New in the faith. New in the faith. What happens when a baby is born? Um, You know, every child is born in its own unique way. Uh, The same general thing happens. But but when they when they come out of the womb, they they all have their personalities, their makeup is different, and it causes them to kind of be born different. One child comes out and and man, as soon as he, you know, catches air, he's 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 hollering and he's he's kicking and he's moving and he's grooving and you know, man, this baby's gonna be an active baby. And then some babies are born and they're just lovable and they're just they you know, they're not screaming kind they just love sweet right there and and then there's other babies that you're like, you're not completely sure. They're, they're purple. And you're wondering if they're even alive. But they are alive, but they're just so passive. They're just, they're just there. They, you, know, you, can, you shake them, a little, you pop them a little bit just to get a little, little something going out. You know, get a cry. Make sure they're sucking air and... They get some, they get some, the purple out of them and, 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 and they're, they're, they're just, there are other babies that, again, all different kinds, all different kinds and, and then, and then it's the same way kind of in Christianity, that when people come to Christ, they, they they're, they come and they're born in all different kinds of ways. There's so many, they come out with so many different personalities and, and when they have that born again experience in their life, they, they, they just all come out just a little bit different. I've seen some of them just come out like so active and they're just, Wah! I mean, they're just, you can see it. I mean, when, boy, Jesus gets on them and they're like, Wah! I mean, there's and they're like, It's like a record baby being born. And then there's some that come out I know they're purple because I'm going, I, I I really think they've got Jesus, but I'm not sure they're alive. Is there any life there? Are they, are they breathing? And, and, and so, are they normal? Now, you know you wanted to ask that, but that's true. Are they normal? I mean... Do they feel what I feel? Because they don't act like they feel what I feel. And so so and then and then there's other people come in extremely full of fears, like those, some babies are born, so full of fears and doubts and, and, and just barely over the line, just just barely there. I mean, they were barely birthed, it seems like, because they have so much. Fear and doubt and I've seen all different kinds of children in which I'm referring to that new babe in Christ I've seen them in all different points I, I've, I've seen that alive and well and I've seen that exuberant and I've seen the one that's passive and seems to be dead and I've seen the one with fears and doubts and, and again the kind of the body of the church kind of comes alive and we're in that birthing room and we want to help and we want to help the one that's exuberant and we want to help the one that seems dead to come to life and, and and we want to see the one who has the fears and all that to get their eyes off of self and get it back on his will and what God wants to do in their life. And, and so we're managing all of that through the help of God. And so, so we've got all of these different ones. Some come in and they're so overzealous that, 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 that very often that when life starts hitting them and they feel that overzealousness, it's like pure caffeine to them. And they're just, I mean, and it has an effect on them. And they begin to run around and they're, they start insisting that, you know, it's like they can do everything, insisting that they can do any ministry and insisting that they know exactly what their mother needs to be converted and they need it now. She needs to be told now. No wisdom, no wisdom, but just like, and it's just babies, and they're overzealous, and and the, the old Puritans, which if you studied them in school, the old Puritans had a word for this. They would call it censorous, and censorous means this. It means getting very condemning of anybody who doesn't seem to be as vigorous and in love with the Lord as they are. It's any Christian they don't think really believes the Bible like they do. And I see see so many people come in and they're that. In fact, I've seen people be 30 years in the church and still be at the children level. They still are censorious. They they got all of the answers. You can't tell them nothing. You can take them the word of God and show it to them. And they're just like, boop, not going to look at it. Why? I got all the answers. You what? And you know there's a child speaking, there's an immaturity speaking. It's okay, it's that stage. But you gotta grow. Amen. You gotta develop, you gotta become, you gotta, you gotta grow. And one of the dangers of those people that come in there and they're so zealous, and that's great and that's wonderful. But one of the dangers is these folks often get frustrated real quickly. Well, I've seen it so many times in the church. And they get frustrated real quickly. And, but, but a lot of things they want to do fail because they're not quite ready. And they do things they're not quite ready for. And they step in ministries that they're not quite ready for. And they, they step at levels of growth that they think they're at, but they're not at. And sometimes we see failure and, and their zeal, the Bible talks about their zeal burning them up. Full of zeal, but no, but no wisdom to match it. That's a child. That's a, ch- it's a, it's a babe in Christ that's not based on the tenure of church but your level of growth and so often these people kind of flame out or, 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 or they, they're like a meteor, that, that they're just flash and gone but you know what, even at that God has a place for them and he has his hand on them and they knows their personality he knows how they were born he knows what makeup they are and he has his hand on and generally we we see those people come out but it's after some time of working through and god disciplining and helping them at that age and and then they're maturing but 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 everybody comes in different and sometimes it confuses the church sometimes it confuses each person but there's one thing about a baby even though everybody comes at different energy level there's one thing a baby christian just like a baby cleans it, it cleans it wants to hold on so a baby sucks a, a baby cries a baby moves what 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 makes a baby christian a baby christian and not a china doll what is it What is the one thing, the difference between that baby and the China doll that is absolutely, the, the China doll is beautiful. You may have had that China doll for 40 years and you still go in that room and look at it because it's so beautiful. But what makes that different than a baby? Your China doll is still the same size it was 40, 30, 20, 10 years ago. But a baby grows. A baby has life. And you can mistake excitement and you can mistake a lot of things and and there are cults that people are excited in cults. I mean, they're excited about what they're in. They're excited they're making all kind of great testimonies. But the real difference in real Christians, really alive people, is that they grow. They're not just excited. That burns up in a season. But they grow. They develop. They become, they change over a period of time. They're not the same person that jumped in the church. They're different now. They're changed. They're developed. They're maturing. They change in their character. They change in their, how they love people. They're more peaceful now. They're, they're, they get more courageous when things come against them. They're this courageous talk. And it's not just a new Christian that, you know, that falls out over little, little, little things and they quit and give up on God. But there's, there's something courageous now. And they, they have more self-control. and Not right away, but it's a gradual growth. Gradual. You're not going to get there overnight. You're not, you're not going to move overnight. You're not going to go from here all the way up to there in one night. And you've got to understand that it's gradual A child, a new creature in Christ. And I will tell you something. In a church our size, I don't have to be super spiritual, nor do you, to understand that even the law of average says that even in the congregation that we have, the size that we had tonight, much less Sunday, we know that there are people at every stage, and we're gentle with them. Amen? And we're kind with them. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dance with, with the exuberant one. And I'm going to I'm gonna try to breathe life with God's help into the one that's really struggling. And the one that has doubts and fears, we're going to love them. Why? But Because hopefully, hopefully, we have matured enough that we see that in people and we're able to go and tag next to them and love them and teach them and train them. Can I get a witness? If you feel that's the way, what kind of church this is, You're the Lord a hand clap. Yes. The second stage is adolescence. So that first stage stage is children and John. And then this next stage is adolescence. It's it's the zit stage. (laughs) Don't you love that stage? I I mean, that was a great stage to be in when you were that age. Not. (laughs) But I'll tell you this. There's a lot of things you do for babies that you don't do for them when they're adolescents. Unless there's like... You know, something wrong. You carry the baby around. You feed the baby. When the baby cries, man, you jump. What can I do for you? When they're eight-year-old and they're crying, you say, shut up. No, say it nicer, but it's basically, you know what I mean? You're like, oh, sweet baby, and you're wiping and loving and holding and, you know, boy, they hit eight, and you're just like, I can't handle it anymore. You have got to be quiet. And God really has those levels too. He'll hold you as a baby. He'll hold you as a newborn baby. He, he lets you clean. You get really t- close and you touch and he holds you and you're near. Boy, this is gonna help you because this is where a lot of us are probably in this stage. Because it's a, new stage. It's a confusing stage. Because in that first stage, there is such a feeling of nearness. He just is, oh, He just seems so near. And then you pray to Him and He just seems to be there every time you call His name and things seem to flow. But at a certain point, God knows if He doesn't do something, you're going to spend all of your life thinking you're trusting in Christ, but actually trusting in your feelings and in your experience. what He wants you to do at some point is to get beyond your initial experience and your initial feelings and get to the adolescent stage where you know Him and you trust Him. I feel chills in that right there. But you gotta go. You got to move, you got to grow. And because of it, sometimes at this place, when a baby is Christian, is moving into adolescence, you will hear things like this. Maybe you've heard them, maybe you've said them, maybe I've said them. Why are my feelings not the way they used to be? Why does church not feel like it used to be? Well, I don't understand. Why, does, why do it sometimes in my life, he seems so far away. Come on, man, if you hadn't said that, you haven't been serving the Lord very long. Why is there this dryness? I didn't used to have this. It was just all bubbling and feeling and oh, I feel Jesus. And, 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 and now it seems so dry. And Man, I must be going backwards and what you don't understand is God's got you moving forward but you don't understand stages. You don't even think there's are stages. And so due to it, You're misjudging what God's doing in your life. Why does he seem to be further away than he was yesterday or day? And the answer is actually he wants you to get closer. And you're like, what? Yeah, he wants you to get closer. He wants you to truly trust and lean on him. And actually, whether you know it or not, you are not doing that in the first stage. You are not. You You are trusting in your experience. And it's awesome and your experience is amazing, but that's your baby stage and it's awesome to trust in your experience. It's awesome to to have that feeling. Oh man, I'm gonna just stop right here and say this. I love to have the experience and the boy, when I first received the Holy Ghost, amen? Man, I love that and I'm not discounting that and man, that's gonna happen this weekend. Can I get a witness? But I'm gonna tell you something, I gotta keep growing because every day in my life, in the ups and downs of life, there are seasons and times I'm just not going out there just speaking in another tongue. Oh, come on, get, get, come on. There's sometimes I hit raw life and I'm going, Jesus. Silence. Lord, could you do me a favor? Could you help me on that little tingling thing I had up down my back? Because that made me really think I was close to your presence. And he says, it was for that stage. It's what you needed for that stage. It was awesome. It was your entry level. It's where you stepped in. But don't you stop there. I need to get you a new place that when you don't even feel me, you can trust me. Somebody give the Lord some love, man. I feel that right there. I feel that. I feel that. An adolescent is a person who is learning to follow the truth and relying on it and on Jesus rather than just their feelings. Can I? Can, I mean, I know that's kind of as Christians are like, wait, wait a minute. I'll, I'll, but but how many of you just be honest with me that sometimes you've served Him and you didn't even feel nothing? Thank you for being honest. Because it's the truth, and and it's developing God. But how many, don't raise your hand, during that season thought you were going backwards instead of forwards? You knew you were still doing the same things you were doing. You still had your disciplines there. You still had, but you felt like you was going backwards because, again, we didn't know stages. We didn't know the growth level. Children are very, a child is very unstable, and you know, when they're crying, you can, you can go, you know, like little bitty and and boy, they're old enough to get it, and you say, and they're crying, and they're, you want some ice cream? And they're like, <laughs> it's unstable, it's just, boom, you, ice cream changes everything. And you give them the ice cream, and they're like, oh, man, they're sticking it everywhere. Immature and unstable, and they're basing everything off of that emotion, that feeling. But watch out what happens when you reach out and you grab the ice cream and you take it back away. I'm going to tell you right now, Hades is fixing to come to dinner. Huh? It's like Ethan the other day. Uh, Scott told me this the other day. He was with Ethan at Chick-fil-A and, and, and they were trying to get Ethan to eat grilled foods instead of fried foods and so they were getting everything grilled and and Michael got up to go off somewhere and Scott reached over to Ethan and gave him a, a French fry. He didn't know, he didn't know, I wouldn't have known either. Gave him a French fry. Well Michael comes back and tries to give him a grilled something. And literally the rest of the meal, Ethan cried his head off pointing to french fries on Scott's plate while Scott's in a season of repentance. <laughs> you see, what happened is, you went alone with his will, and then you come against his will. See it? Unstable, children, babies are unstable and they're that way. And, and it's, it's the same way in the church that newborn Christians very unstable very volatile i mean well they can have somebody look at them wrong they get offended it breaks their will and they and, and, and they come on. and again remember it's not the tenure of how long you've been in the church that makes you not a babe in christ but they can be in every little thing. In fact, I, I want my French fry. I want my this. I want, you know, I want my cake and eat it too. And, and we've got Christians like that and they're in their baby stage still. And they've been in the church a long time. So I know, I know many as a, as, a, as, a, as a Christian and so do you that are still at the baby stage but should be much further in their developing in God. But they never have had growth in their life. And so... That stage of adolescence is starting to break our will, to move into his will. And and it's a it's a it's a, it's a rich time. It's a powerful time because you're you're maturing in Christ, but sometimes it don't feel all that powerful. Sometimes it doesn't feel all that rich because I wanted that but I got that and the Lord knows that's what I needed but that's what I thought I needed because I can only see about this far but He you see the end from the beginning. Children are also undiscriminating. What do I mean by that? You can get them to believe almost absolutely anything. You can get a baby almost to believe anything. You can tell them anything and that's the way just baby Christians are but in adolescence you learn to Discriminate. In other words, what am I trying to use that word discriminate in? We're not talking about racial junk like it's always used. But I'm talking about you learn to test things by the word of God. You start going, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Seems right, but biblically it doesn't match up. Are you, are you seeing that? You know you're growing. You know, see, see, a lot of churches have fits with people asking the question, why? Why? I don't understand. Why? 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 Uh, Especially in youth, man, don't let don't let them ask why. If they ask why, there's doubts there. They're going to leave the church. Fooey on that mess. We've lost generations of kids because they couldn't ask why. When you hit adolescent time, when you hit that moment, there's some seasons that you're going. Dude, I, do not, I don't understand. And, and we hit those seasons in time and, and we're struggling with things and, 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 and we're testing things. I always say this, if we're anchored and we're sure in what we believe, there should be no question of why asked to us that we can't come back with biblical things unless we're building religion based off of man. Come on, give the Lord some love here today. But, but if we're building off of the word of God, I can take of the word of God and I can stand on it. If I can't stand on the word of God, I don't need to be preaching it because kids and students and new babes in Christ and as we develop and become we are to stay on the word of God we are to be discriminant in the word of God and say wait a minute that's not right this is and I can stand in this and I I want you to hold my feet to the fire in there even as a man of God and do it with the right spirit but if you see me get off on the wrong thing and I'm preaching things not in the word of God that are not anchored in the word of God tap me on the shoulder be real nice to me be real kind to me but tell me hey you've got to stay in the word of God because we have got to raise a generation of people that understand that this thing is discriminant based off of the word of God, amen? This is not based on feelings. This is not based on emotions. This is not based on experience alone. This is based and anchored on the word of the almighty God. Thank God for experience. Thank God for feelings. But it's anchored in the word of God. And when he speaks the word of God, I've got to be obedient. And in the adolescent age, I start learning the power of obedience. I start learning that if he wrote it, I may not understand it, but if he wrote it, I'm going to follow it. And I move into it. And you test things according to the word of God. And then what happens at a certain point when you begin to get the hang of it, you start getting this thing, you're starting to go, man, I I think I'm understanding this a little bit more. You start moving into that third stage. What John calls it fathers. I'm going to call it maturity. You start moving into maturity. The one thing I'll tell you about this maturity stage is anybody who is there doesn't really know they're there. And if you think you're there, you're probably not. Because generally, you never really know when you get there. But you're there. Maturity is going through all three of the basic seasons. You see there is a season of spring for a tree. In which there are blossoms but not Fruit. Man, it's, it's got all kind of blossoms, but there's no fruit there. And, and then that's just like baby Christians. Bunch of blossoms, no fruit yet, just babies. Then there's a season of winter in which there are not really many blossoms and not much fruit, but there is a lot of growth because of the tough times. And then there is summertime. Whoa, summertime. There's nothing like summertime. Summertime, there's lots and lots of fruit. It just... Falls off the true tree, and of course, we have fall, but 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 summertime, man, it's glorious in summertime. And I don't want you to think, and I want you to listen to this I don't want you to think that mature Christians are people who live in a perpetual summer. I don't want you to think that Christians, that if, man, if it just isn't falling off the tree all, all the time, that, that something's wrong, or or or. That you're going to live in that point where it's just always followed the tree. That's the only thing that bases maturity now. But maturity is going through, through all three of the, all four of the basic seasons and going through them and moving through them and operating through them. The difference between an adolescent and a mature person is the mature person knows what is going on and says Ah, I see what's going on. This is one of these times. There's been a change of seasons. I'm not going to base this off of all my feelings at the moment. But a mature Christian says, hey, I know where I'm at. I hit this point. Ah, I got that. I understand the season. I know where I'm at in the Lord. But Lord, what? Based on where I'm at and what I'm feeling, what what are what are you trying to show me? What are you trying to teach me in the spot where I'm at? And out of you starts coming maturity. But an adolescent spends several months in that same season kicking and screaming and mad and trying to figure out what God's doing and ticked off at God and ticked off at the church and ticked off at the preacher and everything else. And they're ticked off at all kinds of stuff because what are they doing? They're kicking, they're kicking, they're kicking, they're kicking. One text says they're kicking against the pricks. They're, just, they're mad at everything. But... Mature Christians recognize they're in seasons and they realize there is appropriate behavior for each season. And God's walked me through some areas and now I know how to operate, behave, be obedient in this season. And I move through them. I don't get stuck in fall. I don't get stuck in winter. And they're not screaming and ask God to change the season. My God, I'm in winter. You've got to change it, Lord. Something's wrong. I don't feel you like a did. No, 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 no. I got this. I got this. I know where I'm at in God. And I'm hitting a little winter spot, but that don't mean I'm gonna quit praying. I had a little winter in my life, but that don't mean I'm gonna quit having my devotion. That don't mean I'm gonna quit church. You see what I'm saying? There's maturity. There's stability. It's not up and down and up and down. No, there's seasons, but there's balance. There's still struggle, but you understand where you're at, and you're walking through it. You're walking through it. And you st- at times, you don't say, God, it's snowing. Why is it snowing? No, you don't do that. You feel the snow, you feel the cold. But a mature Christian checks her calendar and says, I can tell you why it's snowing. It's January. I've been here before. But I'm not going to end in January. I'm going to head out. I'm going to find me some spring again. And so I'm going to stay faithful. I'm going to stay consistent. And I'm going to keep growing in God because I am maturing in Christ. So, we recognize how a tree grows. And this is the way in which I'm going to grow. I'm going to have fruitful times. As I mature, I'm going to have blossoming times. I'm going to have winter times as well. And all of those things are a process for a healthy, growing Christian. Now, and through through teaching tonight.